I'm Sangram Vajray. And I'm Brian Brown, co-authors of Move, the four-question go-to-market framework. Helping you confidently take your organization's next move. The big question I've been asking is who owns go-to-market? You heard Carl Lacey's answer to this question in his own way in the last episode. And this episode, our guest is prompting me to ask another very important question. What makes up a good go-to-market strategy? Go-to-market is not just the sales channel. It's not just the product team. It is the sum of all parts. That's Mohammed Yassin, a marketing expert and the host of the Agile Marketing Podcast. He's got so many amazing things and takes on how to create an impactful go-to-market strategy, and every piece of the go-to-market puzzle is important for your overall success. No matter what your team size is, you're going to love this. Let's dive into my conversation with Muhammad to hear what makes up a good go-to-market strategy. I saw that you guys, literally in five days, you built a whole brand new website and you actually did something that I think most organizations will be afraid to do. Talk to me about that. Walk me into the conversation with your executive team, with your sales team, with the people that needed all kinds of things for marketing that we are in the service of. Walk me into those meetings. How was the first time you shared that? I started prepping folks about two months in advance, and it was literally small little drops verbally in the middle of meetings. Just a heads up, we're thinking about this idea. (laughs) (laughs) We're thinking about maybe doing this thing where we sequester the whole team for a week, and we focus on getting this website done so that we can deliver X to you. Yeah, It was really about driving demand. It was about having a good resource for the sales team because it had been identified as a challenge for them, having somewhere to send prospects back to post-demo to really go through the product again. We knew we had to fix that problem, so we highlighted the problem. We set expectations early on, and then we started actually about three weeks ahead of time spending time with each individual department stakeholder outside of those delivery meetings saying, hey, what do you need out of this site? And then also laying out plans. This is how we plan to attack it. These are the feedback loops that we're going to have along the way to make sure we don't get some sort of divergence from what you're doing, right? We're meeting. We're going to do this this day, tackle this particular topic. At the end of that day, we're going to talk to these people. They're going to validate what we did. We're going to be exhausted after that, so we're going to sleep on it. We're going to come back in the morning. We're going to chat about what you said last (laughs) night, and then we'll make moves based on that. You'll have a chance to see this before it goes live. Multiple chances, especially for the folks that are probably the most sensitive about the messaging, about the product, about the general brand. It's not just marketing cares about the brand, right? Let's talk about just marketing part of it. You almost treated your entire company as your customer. And when you think about your external customers, how did they react to it? Was there anything from their perspective that changed or they did not even feel the blip? It definitely changed. And there actually, we selected a number of very vocal customers. We also incorporated in that feedback loop as well. They saw early messaging. They saw about midway point through the website, specific pages that were product related. You don't need to see company HR pages, but here's how we laid out the product. You are already using this product because you're a beta tester. Yeah. Is this accurate to your experience using the product? Do these value props resonate with what you cared about? Or was there something that we missed here? If you're reading through this, do you understand it? Would you send someone who doesn't know this product? here to learn about it Mm. if you didn't have time to chat through it with them. So getting those individuals into the process was just as important as that internal team. You know, what that makes me think about is this is how modern marketers go to market. 
they get your internal team, they get your external team, they get your customers all on the same team and go about it. And what was fascinating as part of the research for the book, we started to recognize that there are multiple ways companies can go to market. One was sales-led, which is typically sales is at the center of it. They're calling the shots and that's how you go. The other one that came about was product-led, where their companies said, you know what? Our product is going to do the talking. We don't need anybody. We don't even need the sales team yeah. for a good period of time. Then we heard about the fact that you need to be customer-led as we think about, well, because it is a more complicated purchase or sale, your customer should be the voice of what needs to happen. So you need to go and build a company like that. And then talking about category-led, like if you're going to build a company and if it's a category initiative, then it's going to be a category led. So you need to have your own bigger narrative in the marketplace right. and stuff. What do you make of it? And how do you see your organization playing a role in it? How did you want to go about it? A lot of B2B SaaS companies end up starting, I think, in that sales-led type of scenario, mm -hmm. right? It is a couple of scrappy individuals getting together and they really have to go out there and sell the product. And the easiest path many of them see is I'm going to hire more salespeople yeah. to do more of what I was just doing last week. And to go out there and do the demos, the more demos you get, the more pipeline you get, the more pipeline you get, the more revenue you get. We have a few of those that are more product-led, which tends to be some of my marketing-generated types of things. But it can be a little bit more challenging, I think, for many founders to see the path to revenue when you're going down that road because it takes a little bit more time and the metrics you're looking at can be a little bit less common and a little bit more fuzzy, if we're being honest. In, in that trips a lot of people, right? Because you'll read all these different metrics that people say, you know, these are the SaaS metrics you should be looking at. They're like, we're nowhere close to that. There are plenty of metrics you have no business measuring early on, right? There are plenty of things you can invest in that you have no business investing in the early stages, but it's hard to measure sometimes mm -hmm. until you see that consistent pipeline built yeah. and the machine starts running. But it's really quiet for a while until then, yeah. right? Quiet before the storm. It's quiet, actually, it's amazing. Yeah. Now, I really feel like no matter where you start, though, keeping an eye out and being able to pivot as you go down the road. Sometimes you do need to be sales led. Sometimes mm. you need to be product led. Sometimes it's a mixture of both. Sometimes mm. it's customer. But keeping an eye out and not boxing yourself in any particular area. I think is important. I know you talk a little bit about those stages yeah. in the book, right, as well, about what do you need to be looking at each stage. And that's a really important way to grow your organization overall is don't put yourself in a box and stay there. Create space that outlines what you're going to focus on at that particular point in time, but be ready to change at any moment. That brings me back to agile marketing. You are a big fan of agile marketing. Oh. You have your own podcast that you run on this topic. Talk to me a little bit about that and how that and go to market. Is there an intersection anywhere? Well, there absolutely is. So let's back up a little bit to tell a little bit about Agile as a methodology, as an overall philosophy. Very much started in product and IT areas. Marketers have started adopting it over the past few years as well. And really the basics of it are, one, making sure you take a big project, chunk it down into pieces, and each of those pieces that you are assigning it some sort of time block for when you're going to get it done, and then that you also have an estimate of effort on those. Mm. Something that you can communicate to the rest of your organization saying, hey, to get this done, it's going to take these steps. Each of these steps is going to take this much work, right? And then I'm going to get that work done in this time frame. It delivers a lot of confidence to the rest of the organization. And it's a great way for marketers to communicate what's happening. It's also a great way to get things done and allow yourself to change and pivot, which is mm. one of the most important things when you're growing the business. Dive into that. When was that recent for you? Where you had to pivot that way? We're going to go back to the website on that one, yeah. right? Like we were not planning to do that website before that product change happened. And while we knew the product change was coming, 
you don't always know what the end of that product is going to look like when you go to market with mm. it. And things changed along the way, especially in that back period of buttoning up the product and going to market and validating some things. We learned a lot of things that we were not expecting in the beginning around people's expectations and how they viewed it versus how we viewed it. That changed how marketing had to bring their game. We knew there were going to be some changes. We were not expecting it to be as dramatic. It was an expansion of what we had already built. Mm. It was adding more layers on top of it to make it more robust. But in reality, sometimes when you add more layers to something, it changes the whole thing. And that meant we had to change our entire methodology for how we went to market as a marketing team, who we focused in on, what we were saying, what channels we were using, even down to the tech stack that we were trying to leverage to get results for the company. Let's talk about the tech stacks. How should modern marketers think about go-to-market? What should they think about when their campaigns, channels, all the things that they should think about? Because as part of the research, a lot of times companies that I've talked to would say, go-to-market is just a sales channel or go-to-market is a product launch. And I think you and your organization, I think modern marketers are doing a lot more than that. Mm -hmm. So distill that for like, what does your modern go-to-market look like? Go-to-market is not just the sales channel. It's not just the product team. It is the sum of all parts. It is taking all those pieces, combining them, and really being able to deliver it. And for us, technology plays a big role in that. Even as a technology company as we are, we have to use other marketing technologies as well in order to get the job done. And that changes constantly. I will say one thing that is consistent, though, is you know no matter what the message and no matter what the audience, you need a way to deliver that message to the people that you need to talk to in that moment. So making sure you have a good technology partner or even stack of partners that can deliver your messages in a very laser targeted way, can pivot really quick when you need to, is incredibly important. And that needs to be multi-channel. If you are waiting until the last minute to say, oh my God, I think all my people are using X channel, I gotta figure out how to deliver there. Mm you've already lost the game because you got a gap there while you figure yeah. all that out, while you source vendors, while you source creative, et cetera. If you have someone that can handle multiple channels ahead of time, even if you're not using them, that's what puts you ahead when the rubber actually meets the road and you got to get the job done because you're not going to have time. And I think that's one of the really, really important things. You're going to have strategy, but you got to be able to do it in small, short bursts and you got to be able to completely turn around at a moment's notice. That reminds me that you're a small marketing team right now. You've been running at it, and for the last eight years, you've been running a lot of different roles within marketing. Talk to me about, when I say small is the new big, what comes to your mind? I can think about, like, you know, you're talking about the website, are you taking the time for the company to stop, take a pause while you're building this? Probably at a giant company like that, that's not even a question. It wouldn't be a thing. What you would end up having instead in a larger organization would probably be some sort of task force of a small group of people representative of different areas of marketing probably that were pulled into one space to work that project for three months, six months. But they'd be moving in one direction, sequestered potentially, while the entire rest of the organization moved somewhere else. Mm. Then they'd emerge and there'd be no alignment. When you have a small team, it is much easier to drive alignment across that marketing function through demand gen, through events, through content, through design. All those individuals have direct access to each other and can communicate and they can change direction together. That's a positive for all of us marketers who are maybe sometimes struggling with a smaller team, (laughs) right? We want the bigger budget, we want the bigger team, but the reality is that smaller team can run circles around the large team if used properly. Who do you think owns go-to-market? 
everyone owns go-to-market, honestly. If you're gonna do go-to-market properly, marketing has to step up and play a bigger role, for one. What role would that be? In many organizations, whether it is spinning up something like product marketing, really getting ahead of it and doing those customer interviews, bringing that information into the organization, that's something that the sales function is not really built to do. They're built to gather really good information during that demo process, during the prospecting, and during trying to get that pipeline closed, which is great, but it's only representative of the individuals that are in your pipeline, really. Marketing can get ahead of that and say, all right, what's the, through product marketing, what is the market saying right now? What are the market needs out there? And they can bring that back to the rest of the organization. Right? They can inform the development of product. They can inform the sales team so that they feel better equipped just because knowledge is power for all of them. They want to know those things. And you can develop much better marketing campaigns, marketing content, and choose your channels a little bit better as well. So marketing's got to step it up. I don't see enough organizations, especially in those product-led or sales-led SaaS organizations where marketing's stepping up and taking that role. It is empty space, right? In many instances where no one is doing it, go out there, collect the data. All of us are on the same page. We want to grow this organization. We don't care how we get there. We're just getting there the best we know how. If you can bring something new that's actually data-driven for folks, nine times out of 10, they're going to take that information and they're going to run with it. Give it away. Let them run with it. Let them do what they're going to do with it. So marketing's got to step up. Sales 100% plays a role in that. I mean, they're the ones that got to get out there and talk. They have to talk to the people, right? We can, as marketers, enable them to be better equipped when they go out there, not only with information, but also with confidence of what they need. And then, of course, product has to be involved in it. I mean, what are we selling? What are we marketing without the product, right? Yeah, I I was reading a quote on the flight up here. I think it was Ogilvy's quote on the fact that if you have great marketing and bad product, it's only going to show up faster to the market if that exists. What do you think about customer success? You can sell it all you want, but if you can't keep the money, you are going to fail if you do not have a strong client success backbone. I am so excited to see that as a, I'd say, emerging function inside of so many software companies. It's easy to say keeping it's cheaper than replacing it, but reality is it also reduces a lot of stress on the organization overall, and it makes the go-to-market on an ongoing basis a lot smoother. When you are losing customers, those customers are going back to the market to tell a negative brand story about you. So even if you're not creating advocates out of it, if you were at the very least removing that negative PR, (laughs) you are removing a huge barrier for your sales team to actually go out there and generate more business. So you gotta have that client success team kind of keeping that business around. Second, they're creating a group of individuals like from a marketing perspective, they're some of our best friends now, right? Because I cannot tell you how hard it was to get a customer story before the client success team existed. Wow, and your sales team is always asking like this. We need more case studies, we need more stories, we need more quotes, et cetera, but they don't rightfully want to include you in that process when they're closing, you're just gonna get in the way. And then after the fact, you're reaching out and they're like, who are you? I don't know I don't wanna get on the phone with you and talk to you about the product. If someone has an ongoing relationship with them, i.e. client success, now we're in a situation where we can go and say, hey, we need to find a customer that can talk about X or that views the product in this specific way getting ideas of someone we could talk to. And they're like, yeah, go talk to this person, this person, this person. I'll tee it up for you on an email. If I look at client success functions, I'd say as a mature function of organizations, probably a few years old, prior to them, austerity diet when it came to case studies. <laughs> Love that. Famine. At this point, we are drowning in testimonials and case studies. And it is so easy to get in front of folks. It just goes back to that idea that as a marketer, there are certainly a lot of things you own. 
right? There's certainly a lot of contribution you can make to the organization. I think looking for those empty spaces and leaning into them is going to be huge for those functions. But you got to have good partners inside of the organization. Make friends with client success. Make friends with your sales team, especially. If they're not your best friends, you are never going to win. Yeah, you're probably going to lose your job soon. (laughs) You will lose your job soon. Right after the salesperson loses their job. Yes. That's how it works. But you're next. And then get back there with product because you're going to get a lot of information a lot earlier than everyone else just being their friend. Just chatting with them, having open communication. You have done so many incredible campaigns. Can you share an example of one of the recent ones that just has worked really well for you? And what tools, what tech, what process, what work, what are the results like for it? Sure. I am super excited right now, honestly, about the campaign we're running at the moment. As a marketer, you always look back and like, <laughs> that thing I was excited about was garbage. Yeah. This new thing is the best thing. Uh, new super, team. super excited about this new kind of summer campaign we have going on. And the most exciting thing for me, honestly, is the multi-channel aspects of it, right? Being able to use a tool like Terminus and get really consistent, creative, and messaging delivered to the right individuals via our email signatures. I am so excited about the idea of being able to hit specific people through so many different channels at once. And this one's going to move the needle. Why do you think that's important? Folks are distracted. Folks have a small amount of time. And as a small organization, they got a small budget. I cannot do general marketing and saturate. I can't surround sound my audience by just buying everything everywhere. I can't buy the biggest billboard and all the display advertising and the multi-million dollar PPC campaign or display ad campaign. I need to be the entire universe for a small number of people. It allows me to use my budget more effectively and it also allows me to create demand exactly where my sales team needs it and nowhere else. If you didn't have, just going on like the tech stack right now that you have with Terminus and others, if you didn't have that, how would you have done it? I wouldn't have done it if I didn't have Terminus. There's no question about that. I would have to do more of a spray and pray type of approach in many channels because I wouldn't be able to drill down to the people that I needed, which would also mean that my overall impact would be diluted. I'm going to get some return, but I should not be expecting the type of return that I get on a general basis. Does any of this information stay beyond marketing, like to sales, to your CEO, to the board? Like what kind of information goes to, what does your scorecard look like when it goes all the way to your CEO? It depends on the person, right? If you're talking about the sales team, what they want to know is every Monday, who is on the website, who's surging Mm. on specific intent topics that I'm equipped to talk about. So when I get on my calls with these organizations, I know what to speak to. Mm. That's all they care about. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. You're setting Um, up their day. That's that's all they want. If I'm talking internally to the rest of the marketing team and some of the other functions in there, they're going to want to know some more specifics about what particular channels are really surging, what messaging is resonating more than others in certain areas so they can make some decisions about what their next step should be. Mm. And if I'm going up to the board or I'm going to my counterparts on the executive, team, it is flat out pipeline generation and what channels are correlating to that so we can make some decisions about where to put in more resources. So what's your next move? Here's one. Go to themovebook.com to check out the assessment, the templates, the frameworks, and a whole list of resources to help you figure out your next move. The link is in the show notes. Check it out.